You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode, but I'm not an artist. I know I've heard that several times from people. Here's what's happening on the farm. So we're in the middle of um, October, and uh, I am packing up to head up to New York for Rhinebeck. Uh, We'll be leaving in a few days. Um, We're really excited about the show and excited about being up in the northern area. This is the first time that we've done any significant travel in two years. Um, Staying in a hotel, eating out all of your meals. Um, It's a little nerve wracking and it's also kind of exciting at the same time. So needless to say, packing lots of cute masks and um, hand sanitizer um, and all that kind of jazz. As far as here exactly on the farm, so um, a lot of the natural dye stuffs that are around um, are getting ripe and ready to use. So that would include pokeberries. I did some dyeing with them last week. Um, really exciting. Got some beautiful, beautiful fuchsia colors. Um, now we just have to see if the recipe I used gives any kind of color fastness. Pokeberries are known as uh, kind of being fugitive or, you know, not staying on your yarn. So running some experiments on that. The black walnuts, um, this morning when I went out on my walk, um, a lot of the leaves are down from the black walnuts and the black walnuts themselves are falling down as well. Um, again, the last week I did some great um dying with walnuts learn something exciting about that uh, which i'll be sharing um, in a blog post of some sort and um, also this last weekend we got new pullets so new teenage chickens so they'll be ready to lay eggs and replace some of the older ones that you know stop chickens stop laying the eggs when they're around two or three years old Um, And they also, as they get older, um, at this time of year, their production starts going down because they molt. In the first year of their lives, they don't molt. And so you can get good um, egg production through the fall. Um, I don't expect these guys to start laying eggs until probably early December. So um, we'll see how that goes. But they're they're all Rhode Island red, so they make brown eggs. And um, it's kind of fun to have some new pretty chickens here. So let's get into more about creativity. Here's where we're at so far. In episode one, um, I we talked about the kind of the myths of cre- creativity, the things that um, we believe uh, that just aren't true about creativity. Um, the exercise that I gave you all to do was to write all the ways that you art. Yes, using art as the verb. 
So some of mine that are on the list are um, cooking, photography, writing, dyeing, of course, sewing, beading, weaving, spinning, knitting, applique, embroidery. And I, I do think that some of you may have also say, said that you practice the art of accounting. Or I know that, um, that Bill practices the art of uh, engineering. When I look at the stuff that he can see on those graphs and the things that he does, um, it's amazing. It is an art form. Um, and it, or it could be the art of managing people um, or the art of teaching little people like I did for so long. So there's so many ways that we can use our creativity in um, in our real world and to really embrace that and to understand it and to um, to 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 say this is the way that I am creative and um, it doesn't always have to be about drawing, painting, or sculpting. And so in our society, we have, we have been so trained to think that only some people are artistic and they're geniuses and the rest of us are just schlubs, you know, that we're not artistic, we're not creative, you know, we are um, not part of that elevated class. In other cultures where the people make everything that they use in their lives, they're making um, the bowls that they eat out of or the baskets that they gather things in or the um, houses that they live in or um, even uh, making the clothing that they wear, the, they make the things that they need and they they end up making those things very artistically and it's and it's everybody making it's not there's not one person that is the basket weaver for that culture it's that everybody's making their own baskets and my basket's going to look very different than the lady next door how she makes her baskets and you know we can see that um archaeologically when we and and particularly as well down like in um, the Four Corners area where you have lots of indigenous artis artisans that are making baskets and pottery. And you know that this one is made by this particular family because these particular uh, st weave structures or, um, or images on the pots are made by that family that is passed down and um, it's like part of their language and that everybody in that culture has something that they're making and they're making a lot of things in their lives. And so they're using their creativity all the time. It's not just that person over there that knows how to draw a tree or knows how to draw a hand or a pick or, a, you know, a human figure. And so I think in our culture, Western culture, that we just have put painters and sculptors and muralists and and um, movie makers and people that we consider artists, we put them way up on a pedestal and we've elevated them to such a high level that we regular mortals cannot possibly reach that. And then we start to believe it. We start to believe that, oh, we're just pedestrian. Like, I, I don't have any special talent. I don't have any artistry. I'm not creative. Um, 
So I mean, I may be able to purchase something that is artistic, but I don't embody that in my own life. And I really do think that this is something that I would like to see put to an end. I would like to see more people using their creativity daily. And that's why I'm doing this podcast Um, is exactly why I'm doing this podcast. And, you know, as my background as a teacher of young children, you know, they are creative all the time. They are creative when they're playing for the most part. I'm not talking about video games, but, you know, creative in making their artwork at school or at home creative in the way that they will make up games or make up rules to the games. Um, And a lot of times I think our society and our educational system um, kind of bashes down that creativity and the artistry instead of embracing it. um, Our particular Western, our particular United States of America uh, educational system is way too focused on um, if you can read well, if you can do math well, if you can write well, but they in and if we don't if we run out of money and we can't do PE and we can't do music and we can't do art, then um, we just run out of money. Um, They're not those those aspects of life are not important. And as so many of you know, there's just not enough hours in the day for families to totally um, make that up. You know, especially when you look at the amount of homework, Um, you know, thankfully, I've been out of out of public education for uh, two years just before the pandemic, I um, quit to do this full time. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. I got so enthused about not uh, being around um, young kids and knowing, oh, this is what I was going to say, that um, there's so many things that go on with um, homework. Like, you know, there's homework that even kindergartners are supposed to be doing, reading 20 minutes a day, first grade, second grade, doing, uh, then starting in on, you know, math homework papers and various things and families are busy. So there's not a lot of time that is being invested, I think, um, in uh, artistic and creative endeavors by everybody. You know, I mean, there are some, obviously, there there are many families who do have a more creative um, extracurricular activities, but a lot of people just don't have the time or the knowledge. And they probably also, those parents probably also feel like, who am I to say what my kids should be doing for artwork? Or how, how can I help my child with artwork when I don't know how to do any of these things? You know what I'm saying? So um, we really do need to have those, those, the arts, the sports, the music, um, drama, all those things need to get back into schools. I think I think we're a little bit um, askew in our values at this point. Um, And now I will get off of that soapbox (laughs) because we're talking about creativity. 
So basically, again, here's my total values. Creativity is inborn. You know, we all have it. We all have a need to make something. We all have a need to express ourselves. Um, we all have the need to um, creatively solve problems that come up in our lives. And, um, and we all, I think, once you feel what it's like to really fully embrace your creativity, you want to get that more and more. It's kind of like a really um, great natural high. Um, but artistry is not inborn. Uh, but it is something that is learned and something that needs to be cultivated and um, embraced. And creativity is athletic. And what I mean by that is that it is something that needs to be um, taught. So while creativity is living inside all of us, many of us have this buried way down deep. And a lot of it may be because you were told, like I was as a kid, you can't draw or you're not creative that, you know, so-and-so or your sister or your cousin, they are the creative ones. You know, you're good at math. Um, and so it, the, the creativity and the creative urge and the creative spirit gets really buried deep down inside. And um, when we haven't even considered really using our creativity, it can become flabby from disuse because we've never we haven't embraced it. So where do you even begin? How do you even, you know, try to bring that out in your life? And so we do need to train our creativity and our artistry. We do need to use it and we need to practice living with this newly discovered trait. And really, again, you know, like that list with this is these are the ways that I art to really just step into your creative spirit, step into the knowledge that these are the things that I am uh, creatively bringing out into the world. I may have discovered a new way to, um, to do some accounting thing. Um, obviously, since I'm saying some accounting thing, that wouldn't be an art that I have, but I know that there are people out there that do. Um, I was just, uh, reading over Bill's, um, his self-appraisal for work. And he was saying that, you know, he, discovered these new ways to um, to do, make tests of chips that uh, that they can where they can see does this test work or not work before it even gets made into the little chip that goes into the phone or the radar or the um, TV. Um, so it's all kind of um, it's kind of out there. Um, it's not tangible. And he's making these tests for it and finding new ways to do that that um, will make it better. That's being creative. So how do we train our creative spirit? And so um, one of the one of the ways, if you're listening, if you're here listening to the podcast, as I've said in this particular um, season, I'm each episode, I'll be giving you an exercise to try in between. And I do hope that you'll try to use to do those and that you'll share them with me um, and with each other. 
Um, because not only are they going to be fun, I think they're fun. Otherwise, I would. it's not like it's a terrible homework assignment like what I was just talking about. But um, I think that they'll actually be fun and they will be inspiring to you. Um, and it takes daily practice. So um, to do these exercises um, and then coming up with some daily practice that you can use five or ten minutes a day, to you know bring out that spirit it's just like if you would go to the gym or you take a walk or you run a mile or um you know you do yoga every day it's the same kind of thing it's making a daily practice of your creativity and again it doesn't have to be a, a long period of time it doesn't need to take a lot of um, supplies um and but it, to be the most effective, it is valuable to do it every day. So the practice, it can be in one area. You could say, OK, this week I'm going to um, do my uh, creative practice in writing. So I'm going to do 15 minutes of writing. Um, I'm going to write about um, my childhood or I'm going to write about what happened to me uh, yesterday when I was when I was commuting to work, something like that. Um, or you can even do the um, the morning pages from the Artist's Way, where um, it's writing seven hundred about seven hundred and fifty words each morning. That's a practice that I do. Um, it just kind of gets my head together. Um, or it, your practice may be something like. I'm going to take uh, five photographs today. Um, I'm going to go on my daily walk and I'm going to take five photographs or I'm going to try uh, one new recipe today um, for uh, dinner or for breakfast or something like that. So, yeah, you can pick one area that you're going to do the, the your practice on all the time or you can mix it up and do it in several areas. Um, and, you know, you could do five photographs today, a new recipe tomorrow, writing um, a poem on Wednesday, um, that kind of a thing. But always stay, you know, doing 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, and I'm going to do it every day. And since hopefully from last time you did make your list of how you art, you can pick something off your list and do something off of that list that would take you 10 to 15 minutes each day, whether that's um, doing um, some stitching on a sampler or um, doing, uh, you know, knitting for 10 to 15 minutes with by, while listening to music. It could be um, spinning something on the spinning wheel, you know, there's lots, so many different things that you can do as a daily practice, but in the, and the important part is daily and practice, and it doesn't have to be a long thing to do. And so it's always good to, you know, start with small steps. Um, I think it's really important to pick a time frame that you can accomplish, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a day. I think it's really important to put it on your calendar you know, um, make the time for yourself, just like you would um, if you're doing your, you know, your 
trip to the gym or your yoga. And then give yourself some kind of reward each time you do the practice. So when I was developing my writing practice, it was, it's really kind of dumb, but it worked for me. I gave myself a, a gold star sticker every time I completed the practice. And so that really helped me to acknowledge the work that I was putting in. And so I put the, I put the sticker on the notebook and then, you know, pretty soon once the notebook was filled, the, the, the front cover was almost totally filled with, with my star stickers. And, um, it kept me going even, <laughs> even as an adult, you know, it's, it's nice to get stickers sometime, but doing some kind of little reward or acknowledgement that you put in your work. So here's your creativity exercise for this week, besides doing your daily practice. So this is the creative act of seeing. And this week, I'm suggesting that you do some window shopping. And I don't mean actually shopping. I mean, open your eyes and your heart to the world around you. So you can shop in so many different places. Open your eyes in so many different places. Of course, you can do it in the mall, but you could also do it in the farmer's market, at an art gallery, a fiber festival, when you go on a walk, um, when you're in a historic, if you're, if you go to a historic town and so you're looking at the architecture and the little small details and the, the way the bricks are and all that kind of stuff, a forest path, um, a walk along a creek or a riverbed, um, looking around, opening your eyes, opening your heart, and really taking in what you're seeing. And then just as last time, document it in some way. For me, it, I if I'm going to do this kind of window shopping, I'm going to be taking photographs. But if you know, you could also make some quick sketches in a sketchbook if if you are so inclined, or you can uh, make a haiku about it. Um, you could write um, some kind of sensory poem, or just make a list of the smells that you smell, or the colors that you see, or the sounds that you hear. Um, so there's very a lot of different ways to document it and you know give yourself that gold star or whatever it is that you wanted to use for your reward and then i hope you will share it with me in some way so for next time remember you can always respond to this podcast with comments either comments uh through itunes spotify or even on the web uh, on my website um, you can leave a voicemail on Anchor Me, anchor.me for, for us, and we can listen to your voicemail. I look forward to hearing about how you're doing with training your creative spirit. And until next time, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram 
and I'm Goat Herd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making!